Welcome to CMO Confidential, the podcast that takes you inside the drama, decisions, and choices that go with being the head of marketing. Hosted by five-time CMO, Mike Linton. Welcome marketers, advertisers, and those who love them to Chief Marketing Officer Confidential. CMO Confidential is a program that takes you inside the drama, the decisions, and the politics that go with being the head of marketing at any company in what is one of the most scrutinized jobs in the executive suite. I'm Mike Linton, the former Chief Marketing Officer of Best Buy, eBay, Farmers Insurance, and Ancestry.com, here today with my guest, Paul Hirsch. Today's topic, why B2B marketing is so bad and what to do about it. This is a continuation of our What Your Agency Wants to Tell You But Won't series. Now, Paul has been in the agency business his entire career, including art director at Goodby, EVP and creative director at Leo Burnett, founder of Division of Labor, executive creative director at Avos, and now the recently named CEO and chief creative officer at Doremus, a B2B shop. So he's coming out of a lot of creative, a lot of B2C, and now he's in B2B. Welcome, Paul. Thanks a lot, Mike. I, um, it, it, I'm happy to be here. Congrats on the podcast. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, as a creative, I feel a little bit like out of place on your podcast, which is full of like CMOs. I feel like it's it's like caddy day at the country club and I'm just like barging All in. All right, well, we'll go with that. And, and here's the first. So I'm going to ask you the first shot. What should we do with this first shot? Here it is. Give us an overview on B2B as seen through the lens of an agency. And and let's talk about the marketing problem we referenced in that title. T- tell us about it. Well, that's, I mean, to, first of all, even to start, you know, I think even in this thing, hopefully anyone at home watching this, like if we mention certain words like breakthrough or like KPIs, like should take a shot. You know, there should be something, we should have some ground rules for that. But um, look, I think um, certainly B2B is in the spotlight right now. It's It's having a moment, you know, people are posting about it. People are writing about it. Last year, um, Can had their first ever, um, you know, B2B lion, and it was a big honor, humbling honor to um, help lead that jury. Um, so it's really exciting. But um, you mentioned there, there are problems, there, there, and there are a lot of them. I mean, too often B2B marketers, you know, they're not approaching B2B the right way. They don't invest. They don't take risks. There are too many stakeholders, um, you know, and perhaps worst of all, you know, B2B companies they kind of expect this thing to happen like right away. Like we bring in a CMO, we put some money in and boom, something's going to happen. You know, it's it's not a bag of chips. It isn't Doritos. It isn't a can of Coke. It's not, it's not a pizza for $9.99. I mean, this stuff, B2B, there are complex sales cycles. You know, there's the proverbial funnel. Things take 12 months to happen. You're dealing with millions of dollars in, you know, a product. It's, it's hey, just so- it's hard. So let me make sure I'm I, I'm hearing this right, and so our listeners get it. Here's what I hear you say: You got a big B2B business infrastructure that is designed for the long term, and now you are sticking a very short-term marketing focus on this at the tail end without any of the planning that might go into the other functions. Is, is that a fair assessment of what you just said? Like, am I summarizing it right? A- absolutely. I don't think there could be a truer statement. I mean, look, being a CMO is a tough freaking job, you know, um, having friends in there, you know, my sister-in-law, shout out to Jillian Bayless is a CMO. I mean, that's a tough job. That is the hot seat. I know you explore this on every episode, but like, 
you are brought in to make a change. And oftentimes there are so many things that are out of control. Could be sales, could be the product. And so you have to turn this around. You have to produce a result like on a time frame. So you get this time frame. So, but you're also saying a time frame from a lot of B2B companies is even though they will acknowledge the sales cycle might be a year or two years long, they will not acknowledge the marketing cycle for anything except almost almost instant, you know, instant uh, oatmeal on this. I just add water in there, get great marketing. Um, so if I'm a marketer, how do I even think about this when I when I'm approaching B2B or an agency? Like I, I, I let's acknowledge that this is probably an issue. What should I do if I'm an agency or a marketer in this space? Well, I think, look, I think the, the first thing is, is a marketer. If we're talking from that side or as an agency, the first thing you have to do is get in there. You need the trust. You need the trust with the agency. You got to develop that kind of long-term plan, that learning agenda. You need to try and set something up where you set yourself up for success. If we're talking about problems in the C-suite with the CMO, you got to fix some of the stuff that goes around that stuff. And then you need to take the long view. Um, you need to you need to invest. You need to work with your partners and try and convince them that running a campaign, whatever that is, could be anything, is not going to be the panacea that's going to solve everything. I mean, it isn't. If you think, if you think writing a manifesto, putting together some cheap idea video filled with stock footage is going to solve your problems. You're wrong. It's never going to happen. So, so by definition, you've just said a lot of B2B companies, that's their answer to marketing. Um, right. Yes. So, so, but it, so a lot of these orgs are, are very sales driven or maybe product driven. How do I get an org like that to think long-term and to adopt what you just said, which would be, and I think you've also said very few B2B companies really do testing of, of marketing, though they will do a lot of product and other testing. How do you, as an agency and a marketer, team up to get companies to think about marketing in a different way? Well, I mean, that's always the trick, isn't it? I it mean, is. you, I think you have to kind of, I think first and foremost, you you need to have kind of that shared vision of what marketing can do. You know, you need to kind of put some parameters down of what it's going to do. And in terms of that, the long term, I do think you have to plan for the long term. You have to realize that you need to engage your customer wherever they are, whoever they are, with the tools you have available. And not everything is going to cost you a ton of money. You have a website. You know, there is kind of what different layers, you know, we call it... um, you know, the connect, convince, commercialized layer, you know, it's the brand at the top demand gen at the bottom. Yeah. There's everything that goes in there. And, you know, there's a lot of agencies out there that do, they say they do B2B advertising, but they don't, they do advertising for a B2B company. And what they're going to do is they're going to put out a video, the best of them. And there's some great ones out there, get a, a Super Bowl commercial, but there's more to it than that. The the funnel is bigger than that. You need to engage. So beyond that, everything that happens in the middle of that, where you're engaging customers, you're talking about white papers, you're talking about videos themselves, you're talking about demos, you're talking about all sorts of other campaigns that you need to create. So you, you talk about this stuff. As a CMO, I think you have to establish more work for yourself a little bit, more more content that's going to help people and drive those sales. So it's not oh. just, it's not a set and it's going to do your work for you nine months later. You got to constantly update that stuff. You got to constantly reach stuff. 
And in a B2B play, by definition, I have a very targeted segment. So I, I have to, you're telling me I have to nurture that segment and I have to convince everybody that I'm nurturing it versus just telling it to buy stuff. Is that a, is that a fair summary? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think that's the key to marketing. That's the key to yeah. advertising. I mean, that's. Really- I think it's even harder in B2B because the sales cycle is so long and it's harder to test with that long sales cycle. And you've said nobody cares. I believe that's one of your things. Nobody cares about your stuff, really, unless you kind of really punch it out there. Elaborate on the nobody cares line. You know, um, there's a great San Francisco admin, um, this guy, Howard Luck Gossage, who said something to the effect of like, um, people read what they, they like and sometimes that's an ad. And I truly believe that because nobody cares. Nobody out there is looking for your specific ad. They, they're they not. They're not waiting for it. They're not opening up, you know, the internet, their computer. They're not opening up their newspaper. They're not turning on their TV for like online video or anything like that and expecting to see your work. They're just not. Nobody cares. They're not doing that. And especially, you know, <laughs> you talk about digital, you know, nobody's clicking on banners. Who's clicking on banners? This is uh, an industry where like 3% is the success rate. 97% of it is garbage. I mean, I can't remember the last time I clicked on a banner on the internet. Mike, I don't know about you, but like- yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever clicked on a banner. Maybe on Instagram, because <laughs> yeah. they know I'm looking at like a Montreal Expos hat and I'm going to get served that up. So maybe that's going to happen, but like- Go Expos. Go Expos. <laughs> Okay, keep, keep going. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt the nobody cares discussion. No, so, but it's no, nobody I think cares. Nobody cares on, about the ads. And then B two B, it might even be harder because you have a you have a very you know depending it. You could be selling software as a service. You'd be selling something directly to you know the CFO, and if it, you could be sending very specific markets. How, how do you and those people are bombarded because everyone knows where they are. How do you make them care? You know, I think that goes to, it goes to finding, you know, I think it's the strategy that you have. I mean, it goes back to creative, you know, to a certain extent. And, you know, I could talk about creative all day. I know Clive Sirkin talked about creative. He's the wrong guy. <laughs> Joking. I love Clive. Um, no, you you have to start with a compelling message. You have to, you know, strategically, you have to find something that is interesting to your audience. And then you have to find a simple, compelling way to bring that forward. So, I mean, so that, let me that, that was- let me just jump in because I think this is my experience with B2B has been, especially by the sales driven thing, they want a list they, that, that the company has a list because when it gets actually to the buying area or who's ever going to buy the product, they have a list, but that that can't drive the marketing. And I, I, my assessment would be a huge amount of marketers have trouble taking what is the sales list or the operating list or all the product features you might have. And translating that into a piece of creative or strategy that isn't just a giant list of what the product does. Am I wrong about that or not? No, you're not. You're not wrong. And I think that's where, you know, I think that's where a little bit of a difference between B2B marketing and maybe B2C marketing is. And I do think I'll probably get a lot of shit for it. I do think, you know, on the B2C side, you might have more. Uh, traditionally trained marketers who come up through a marketing function who realize all the tools that are at the disposal, that you don't have to say everything, jam it in in one particular place. That's that's the genius of marketing. There's a right place at the right time to deliver the right message. Yeah, and that every media, every media has its job. 
Every uh, media has its job. So when you are doing something, if you're creating a 15 second pre-roll for something, you only have so much space for it. You know, it's, um, <laughs> I remember not too long ago, we were asked to write um, a radio spot. And um, this writer wrote this great radio spot for this one product. I won't mention what it is. And client came back and gave comments specific product comments about this, which totally destroyed what it was. But all he wrote back after that was like, in, instead of a 30, he was like, that would make it a 43 second commercial. Yeah. And so you just, you, every piece of communication has its strengths and its weakness. And as a marketer, you need to know that so you can target what you're saying to the right person at the right time when they're ready to do that, especially like the heavy stuff. And I think that's the difference with B2B. That's the thing, you know, with Doremus, I mean, we've been around 120 years. We know the stuff. We've been B2B all that time. And we um, we know the heavy shit. You know, that's what we specialize in. And you can't, there's a lot of information that needs to be communicated. And it just doesn't all happen in one tidy little package. There is a different point in each part of the marketing journey or the consumer journey or the marketing mix, whatever you want to say, to deliver that information where the audience, the customer, whoever it is, the buyer, is going to be receptive to that. Hey, so without naming one of your clients, when you look out there at the vast sea of B2B marketing, not a Doremus client, who would you say is doing a really good job of this? You know, I'm going to take the easy answer on that. And I'm just going to point to some like great work, you know, perhaps, and it's easy to say that the, one of the best pieces of B2B communications ever was, you know, a, a Volvo truck ad from a few years ago with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And they were talking, it was, you know, commercial trucks and they were talking about them and their steering and stuff like that. And he just did a split on these two semis that were going. I remember this, yeah. you know, and it's, it was amazing. And it was simple. They were pointing out the very specific product benefit in a really compelling human sort of way. And that, that is the secret. You know, there are advertisers who do that better than ever. You know, Apple does it better than ever. At one point, they're going to deliver a really interesting brand message. The new phone is yellow. We're going to do some amazing animation about yellow at the same time we're also going to do work that is about retail and point of purchase. That's going to be, you know, $8.99 for the new iPhone. So yeah. there is the two sides of this. There is the brand side and the bottom line side of it. So it's it's a continuum. You can't, you can't, this is the biggest problem. One of the biggest, I, I keep saying the biggest problem. And there's so many. All right. I, I've already listed. There's only four biggest problems. So I think we, we got to contain. Oh um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's people start with the brand work and then forget about everything else. And thus you're, you're not going to, you're not going to have any sales. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to bring anyone into, into your world. Or at the same time, they're going to go so demand gen that they're not going to develop a brand and the brand you need to develop a brand because at every touch point along the way, you need to remind consumers of who you are, why you exist and why you are important. And that, that message changes at each, Got it. Hey, so you were just named CEO after being the, you know, chief creative officer. What's it like to transition into this job? It's terrifying. No, I'm joking. Um, you know, I, I, it's, look, I'm a creative, I'm the son of a designer. 
you know, I love creative. I mean, my background, you know, just. It I'm, does scream creative. Yes. It, it does. It screams. It screams creative. Um, so you know, tell us about the transition. Yeah. I think the transition's easy. I mean, it's this, I'm look, I'm, I'm, I'm a chief creative officer and I guess the, you know, just be president now CEO, it's a bit of a side hustle, but I think it's really important because I think it just shows where our company is at that creative is at the center of everything we do. You know, it's whether that's strategy, whether that's media, whether that's analytics, we're always trying to find out the most creative way to solve a problem. And so for me, you know, having a creative at the center, it's not a big change. You know, there's a thing I'm going to, I'm going to totally butcher this thing. Um, the restaurateur, Danny Meyer's got a thing. It's called like the salt shaker principle. And he talks about it in the sense of like part of the job of running a restaurant is making sure that the salt shaker is at the same point every time. Like when a table gets taken apart and put back together. And that's part of the job is to make sure that we are consistent in how we approach stuff, um, the craft we take, the diligence we put at stuff. So, you know, just being a creative as a CEO is the same thing as doing the day-to-day job. It's just making sure that we have a creative solution and we are in a creative business. I don't understand companies that don't think of this as a creative business. It's not, it's not math. Got it. So let's just throw the CFO into the mix because you got a lot of marketers sitting there in the B2B space where the CFO is super important. And that relationship between market and CFO is super important. Tell us about your relationship with your CFO and then what you would recommend marketers do with their CFOs, because the, a lot of the tension is around the length of time creative takes to work or the timing we just talked about. Give us some tips here. Uh, our CFO, Brian, I love our CFO. I, I give him a lot of shit sometimes, but he, you know, he's always looking after the best way. And, and, you know, I think, I think with most CFOs, you have to present and just most clients, you have to com- present a compelling economic argument for doing something that if you do X, it's going to yield Y. I think that varies based on the company that you're in, because I do think that is, you know, an issue that marketers face that we face working with CMOs is that, uh, a lot, a lot don't believe in that. They don't believe they they don't believe in the potential for incremental change. They think of it as pennies on the dollar. If I put in a dollar, I'm going to get a dollar and a quarter back. And I and I'm the guy who says, no. If you put in a dollar, you can get five dollars back. That is the purpose of advertising and marketing. It's not, it's not the small change. That's that's nothing. You can do big things to move. And I think that. That is the thing that CMOs are tasked with is those big changes. They come into a company, you got you got to make some change. So I think, you know, working with the CFO, showing him that there is an economic advantage. I truly believe that creative ideas are an economic multiplier. I mean, you take a look at that. and, and I, I agree with you. I agree with you. The, the real yes. issue is, can you get them into the air long enough for them to multiply? Hey, okay, funniest story you can tell on the air. We've we've spoken a little bit in the past about this, and you you say you know what some of the problems that people face, and you know one of the things that you know, or if you're doing it wrong, we talk about this. Like, if you're not investing enough, you're you're not doing it right. If you um, if you don't support your agency and not trust, you're not doing it right. And I think you were talking about something because I know you've done this. You mentioned that you've always stayed with the agency when you came in as yeah, I've never fired the agency when I've come, never fired the creative agency when I've come in ever. 
And I think I think that sort of trust is really one of the big things. And you talk about funny. I we remember, and I, I save this particularly for this. And I'm going to read this. Um, remember getting an RFP for a company to pitch their business. And I save this because this is an epic thing. And this was in the RFP. This is the current state. It says since 2019, we've had two CMOs searching for the third and three SVPs of corporate marketing. Also, our CEO and founder left. We hired our first global creative director a month ago, and the brand director position didn't exist in Q1. So yeah, all this means is current brand guidelines and creative campaigns have gotten us to where we are and established good procedure. But 20, I'm not going to say the year, provides us with an opportunity to the current leadership to proudly steer the ship in a refocused direction, to establish our brand in a way that's bold, accessible, and something everyone internally as well can wrap their arms and hearts and minds around. One brand to rule them all. One brand everyone can get behind that gives us the platform to tell people what we do and why it matters. You're killing me with this. The other thing, since you did say it was 2019, there, <laughs> there's not that many years there. But that's like, welcome to the Titanic. See what you can do next. I mean, um, there are so many things wrong with this. I mean, to me, this is like, it's... You know, this is like if you had the onion, right? An RFP. This is it's what would happen. The onion, onion would, the onion shampoo. would take this and write the RFP this way. <laughs> then it would put some hilarious salary in there. That was you were paid. You were paid in like sodas or something. Yeah. So, so local man, local man looks for new agency. That's what they would say. But like, there's so many things in here that are like, are are just. You couldn't couldn't make it funnier. I could get all the CMOs I know, and they couldn't make a funnier RFP on that. Hey, we're we're almost at time here. So last topic before we sign off, any practical advice you have for our listeners, particularly on the B2B front that we haven't talked about yet? Look, I think there's a couple big themes for me. It's like, you know, uh, the first is take creative risks. Absolutely is is what you do i mean one thing that we preach internally is like you got to get effing smart about something you gotta you know come up with a great idea and then you got to repeat and that's what you do but you got to take creative risks that is the whole point of what we do to smart creative risks not creative for creative sake smart strategic risk that is the thing that you need to do um the other thing is you you just can't i think this is the problem on the b2b side we see all the time and the problem for CMOs is a lot of stakeholders, you just, you can't boil the ocean. You know, you can't, you know, from the amount of people to the amount of product things, you guys, you can't do that. It's got to be simplicity. Simplicity wins. So I've got to shorthand that for our listeners and say, here's here's what I, what I heard you say. Take a creative risk that is designed to drive the business and and have very few people voter voting. Like you, you need really like one or two voters because the more voters you have, the more you stand on the edge. Fair. Yeah, there aren't there aren't any statues for committees. Excellent. So thank you, Paul, and thanks to everyone for listening to CMO Confidential. Look for more of our shows on Evergreen, Spotify, Apple, and YouTube, which include an operations trained CEO dishes on what he really thinks about marketing. A B school for professor talks about brand value, measures, and the metaverse and a primer on the marketing CFO position. Hey, all you marketers, stay safe out there. This is Mike Linton signing off for CMO Confidential. 
Today's episode of CMO Confidential is brought to you by CMOcoaches.com. Are you a current or aspiring chief marketing officer looking to take your career to the next level? You should work with a CMO coach. CMO coaches are former CMOs who are nationally certified coaches. So whether you want to improve your leadership skills, develop your team, or drive better business results, we have the experience and expertise to help you succeed. To learn more, visit us at cmocoaches.com. Great careers are forged out of great relationships. Your success, whatever your field, relies and thrives on the support and insights of others. I'm Andy Lapata, an author and speaker on the power of professional relationships. In the Connected Leadership podcast, I have the privilege of interviewing people from around the world to understand the relationships that have made a difference on their journey and how their insights can help you. From Nobel Prize winners to Olympians, from NASA astronauts to peace campaigners, my guests have shared some captivating moments from their lives and careers. Combined with experts from leading universities, cutting-edge authors and giants of business, the Connected Leadership Podcast aims to inspire, educate and entertain. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. 